Welcome back. It's your host, Richie Rich, and my man, Down Payment Dylan. You're now tuned in to Sold in 60, the biggest and only timeshare podcast in the world. Here, where we drop the exclusive timeshare sales professional tips. You know how we get down. This is the community like no other. So whether you're a seasoned vet or a rising star in a timeshare game, this is the place to be. You're now told into Sold in 60. I think we should get to it, man. Let's get to it. All right, fuck it. Let's get to it. All right, we're doing something a little bit different for the people today. We got some amazing topics that we're going to be going over. Let me go over what we're going to be talking about here today. The first topic is, um, is timeshare worth it? Okay, we're going to be talking about ways to stop paying the maintenance fee. Uh, Second topic is going to be how to pitch rental, right? Even if you're at a resort that doesn't allow rental, we're going to be talking about how to pitch it. Uh, The third topic is, it's January and February. It's a low low tour count right now, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Low tour flow. We're going to be talking about ways to capitalize during times like this. Fourth topic is going to be about uh, different phrases on how to assume the close, right? right? We're going to be going over those different ways with you. Another topic that we're going to be talking about is how did your tour get here on presentation in ways that you can capitalize on these tours, right? Stay mm. tuned for that one. Okay. Uh, another topic we're going to be talking about is timeshare companies that are making big major purchases in the industry right, right, right now, right? I heard uh, that Hilton just bought a few companies, and we're going to talk about that. Uh, another topic is which timeshare companies has the best hotel chains out there, right? Some mm-hmm. some of these hotel chains we've stayed at, we had the opportunity to stay, and we enjoy them. We're going to talk about it. And the last topic is going to be be ready for the worst because mm-hmm. you never know what these families, these guests are going to come in here seeing, and you definitely want to prepare yourself for that so that way you're not caught with your... Uh, pants down there you go all <laughs> right so stay tuned yeah let's get it man so um before we get started i want to give a shout out and a thank you a special thanks to a few different people who support the movement who have went to the uh the link in our uh instagram page the sold in 60 and have purchased some of the items that support us and keep us you know moving forward and being able to provide this platform for the people so i want to give a shout out to um, a few people who uh, bought the uh, Sold in 60 objection cards, okay? So shout out to Laura Edwards that, that just came in uh, three days ago. Shout out to Paige. Paige, I know your order was delayed. We were on vacation and you got that. I hope you got enjoyed the gift that came along with it. Shout out to Paige. Um, Victor, Victor Matos, I appreciate y'all. We appreciate you. So those those are like the last recent people who had jumped on the uh Sold in 60 cards. And then another big thank you to uh, Bill Kessel and also um, there's another person. There's Bill and then there's uh, Tamara and there's uh, LG. Now, they have purchased the uh, back-end bully. Back-end bully is a um, back-end techniques, closing techniques that you can use on the table. We believe that everyone should have some type of a close or a few different closes. So we have a resource called the Backend Bully that is downloadable. And also, um, shout out to Bill, who also downloaded the uh, timeshare affirmations. Because, you know, one thing about this business is you got to, like, manifest 
the things that you want to happen for your day, for your life. And uh, on the Sold in 60 uh, Instagram page, there's a link for downloading affirmations. So all those things uh, count when you share this episode, whether it's sending it to another coworker or someone else in another resort, just sharing this and helping us grow organically. We appreciate you because this is an industry that's put together. This is a platform that's put together for people in our industry. When we started, we didn't have this resource. So we appreciate you. So shout out to y'all. Just wanted to start this episode off with a level of gratitude. Yeah, I wish we had this back when, you know, we was in the game. Well, you know, you're still in the game as a trainer. But back when I was in the game, I didn't have any, you know, platform that I can go to to keep my mind fresh. You know, the only thing I had was just the coworkers at work and just the training that I was doing at home. So, you know, a platform like this, you guys definitely take full advantage of it. Uh, speaking of the Instagram page, there is somebody I wanted to shout out also, uh, Rage Page 76. Mm. Um, I love it when we get messages like this. He says, you know, thank you guys for doing what you do, you know, and bringing this platform together for, you know, sales reps just like yourself. And what he was able to do was listen to the Soda 60 podcast. You know, he was able to make money from closing his deals in the timeshare industry and he's actually taking the money that he made from timeshare and rebuilding his own gym uh that's what's up yeah it says it's the timeshare money is helping me put a down payment on rebuilding my own gym so i like to hear things like that you know definitely take this money that you guys are making in timeshare and put it towards your passion of things that you guys really want to do outside of uh, the timeshare industry for sure health health is wealth Health as well. You got to take care of yourself. You know, sometimes people get caught up whipping and running and you're selling, but, you know, you don't take care of your your body. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think sometimes we just focus on success so much, we don't think about the little things that, you know, wear and tear the body. For sure. Just like getting rest. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 Very important. So, listen, let's let's. Let's jump right into it. Um, you know, we share with you guys some topics we're going to be going over. If you heard a specific topic that you're interested in, definitely stick around to the end of the show so that way we can cover all of it. But the first topic we're going to get into is a juicy topic, man. Is <laughs> timeshare actually worth it? I mean, I could I could argue that I I believe timeshare is worth it. I'm a timeshare baby. You know what I'm saying? So if it wasn't for timeshare, I wouldn't move to Florida. If it wasn't for timeshare, I wouldn't have seen other parts of the world. You know, I come from an area that's crowded where many people don't get to travel. Their parents don't have the opportunity to to take their children outside of the the inner city. And I think that if, you know, you are a parent and you want to take your kids to see things more than outside of where you live, it's very beneficial you know, I, I, I am a timeshare baby. So my opinion is always going to be that timeshare is worth it. For sure. You know, um, it's a just a rent versus own situation. You know, if you're going to spend the money, why not spend it where you can, you don't have to not know what your accommodation is going to look like. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. I, I can argue that all day. I mean, I remember I had a, a family from um, California that said, you know, I believe that uh, timeshare is a scam, blah, blah, blah. And because I'm so passionate about it, I sat there and fought. I was willing, whether it was a sale or not, I would sit there and argue my butt off. They ended up buying, you know, mm-hmm. but I was prepared for it not to be a sale. I just was passionate about it, you know. So, I mean, I don't know. What's your take? Let me ask you this, though. But when is timeshare not worth it? 
Time shit's not worth it when you when you're not gonna travel. When you're not gonna travel, all yeah. right. When you don't go. When you don't go. If you, the, the takeaway is easy. You know, if you're not gonna travel, don't do it. For sure. You know what I'm saying? The people who are unhappy are usually the people who don't travel. For sure, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the worst thing that the timeshare uh, ownership will do is force you and your family to spend quality time with each other and create amazing memories around the world. And if that's something that doesn't sound like something that you want to do, then hey, mm-hmm. it's not for you. You know, we still part as friends. Um, one of the main questions for is timeshare worth it? Is what are ways? For owners to stop paying their maintenance and taxes fees, is there certain ways, are there certain programs, are there certain tools that owners can utilize to help them, if not offset the maintenance and taxes, then to help them not pay the maintenance and taxes altogether? Well, some resorts allow them to have the opportunity to offset the cost by referring other people to ownership. That's what the only way that I know. Any other way, I don't know how they can offset the or, or not pay the, the maintenance and taxes. So when a a owner refers a family member or a friend to also become an owner and join the ownership, they get like a kickback for that. Yeah, I believe they get like a um, some type of compensation. So I guess it depends on the resort. So when my parents first owned timeshare back in the eighties. They would get things like uh, what they call wampums, which is just like money that they can use at the resort. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That that was back in Shawnee. That's in Pennsylvania in the Poconos. Um, you bring so back then the owner had to bring a family with them, mm-hmm. right? And when they bring that guest um, for doing a presentation, the the owner would then get compensated something. You know, we can get lunch, we can buy stuff for the amenities, you know, stuff like that. But um, nowadays. Uh, I know certain resorts actually compensate mm-hmm. the owners with, with money. Like, you know, let's say we give you $600 if this yeah. person becomes an owner. I mean, and that you can use to offset. But I'm not sure what other resorts are doing. I'm not Got really you. Sure. There's some resorts out there that whether the person that they invited to the resort purchase or not, they still get a little kickback. Really? You know, just for referring the person to come experience the resort because – even though they refer the person to come stay at the resort, you got to think about it. The resort's still going to make money at the bar, yeah. at the restaurant, you mm-hmm. know, at the gift shop. Yeah. You know, they're going to spend some type of money there at the at the resort. So if you're at a resort, find out what's going on or what tools or what programs that um, your resort has to be able to help owners offset their resort, uh, offset the owner's maintenance and taxes, and definitely bring that up on the table. You know, share with families how you can offset the maintenance and taxes. I mean, I think the question that people should really understand or or make sure that these families understand, what does maintenance and taxes cover? Mm-hmm. Besides the taxes, because that means the property values have increased, but does what does maintenance cover? I mean, when you go to a resort and you see the nice landscaping and you see that the, the rooms are well-maintained and a place that you would rest your head, and you have amenities and things to do other than leaving a resort. I mean, that's when you can sit back and say, you know what? Paying a HOA is not that bad. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if you live in a community that has an HOA, if you live in a community that has an HOA, let's say you live in a community that, you know, is a gated community, the landscaping is, is done, you have stuff to do. You you pay that HOA knowing that where you live is a nice place, right? Yeah. Because... Just like we talk in, in residential real estate, you don't want your neighbor to paint the house purple, right? You don't want the neighbor to have a, a chop shop or a mechanic shop 
next to your house, cars lined up, right? Or brown grass, or next to your St. Augustine grass. Exactly. You know? yeah. So there's so there's things that that benefit you from paying the HOA, so that when you come back next year, you know that the property's in a nice condition. Mm -hmm. You know, all those beautiful pools and nice walkways that those people can do. I mean, I've been in some resorts. I mean, shout out to Bonnet Creek. You know, yeah. that's a vibe. You know what I'm saying? For sure. The, the freaking lazy river and that, that long walk. And so I think when people really understand where that money's going, they wouldn't really complain about it. For sure. Bonnet Creek, speaking of Bonnet Creek, Bonnet Creek actually has... Chinese koi fish, mm. rainbow Chinese koi fish in the ponds. <laughs> so when you're walking your family during the presentation, showing them the you know the amenities and, mm -hmm. and the property or whatnot, you're able to look over and see rainbow colored Chinese koi fish. Get I mean, wait, <laughs> when's the last time you've seen that? You know what uh, I'm saying? Yeah, I've seen that joint. Um, speaking about amenities, I know we just say amenities and we throw that out there, but what type of amenities are at these resorts? I mean, not for nothing. I just left um, a resort that had a um, ice rink, skating ice rink. Get out of here. It's, it's Florida. Okay. You know what I'm saying? They had ice skating mm. at the resort, you know? Mm. Um, there's little things like paddle boats, fishing uh, equipment, uh, bicycles. I mean, I love when I see families riding their bikes around the resort mm. um, because that, that creates quality time. For sure. You know what I'm saying? Like some people haven't even taught their kids how to ride a bike, but they do it on vacation. That's a memorable moment. For sure. You know, but yeah, a lot of them have different things. I mean, bowling alleys. Bowling alleys. You know, and the funny thing is when you when you point out the bikes, I've never seen a family on the bikes riding around upset with a frown on their face. Never. They're always smiling, laughing, mm -hmm. the whole nine. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So it's all about creating those memories. Yeah. Um. Okay, awesome. So let's talk about this. So next topic, how to pitch rental, right? There's some resorts out there that train you on pitching rental and incorporating it into your presentation, but there's some resorts out there that prevent you from pitching rental and don't even want you to talk about rental. So let's start with the first one. What's a proper way, I would say, uh, to pitch rental? I would say a proper way to pitch rental is if you do not want to use your week or you decide that you want to give it to someone else, you have the right to charge them a fee for that week. So if you want to give it to a coworker, I would say, hey, but coworkers, y'all all go on vacation, right? We all have vacation time. Before you guys go anywhere, get with me. I can probably get you a, a cheaper rate than what you're going to spend. So if you go on Kayak or Booker.com or wherever they go nowadays, you know, I would say, listen, before you book, check with me. Because I can get it for less. Well, tell me what the price is, and then I'll see what I can do. And if I, as an owner, can book a, a resort for an exchange fee of two twenty nine, I can now choose what I want to charge that person. If it's going to be less than what they're spending for the week in better accommodations or equivalent to, they probably would put the money in my pocket if I'm saving the money. Mm. And if, if my exchange fee is two twenty nine, I'm going to offset, you know, listen, I'm not going to use the week anyway, Right. So then I would rent it to a coworker. So we all have a break room. We all have, you know, people around us. We all have friends and family that we can, that all go on vacation. Why not give them the opportunity to save money with you? You know what I'm saying? Instead of them spending someone else on the, yeah. on the internet. And I'm pretty sure that owner has, you know, family members, friends, and coworkers that are less fortunate uh, enough to not be able to own Mm -hmm. a timeshare and not be able to travel to these different destinations. So now it's taking 
the spotlight off of them. And now it's about giving back, giving a family member, a friend, a coworker, the opportunity to go on a trip that they probably would never go on Mm -hmm. or that they probably can't afford. Absolutely. You know, Um, and it kind of goes back to the first question that we had ways to offset uh, the maintenance and taxes, or in some cases not pay a maintenance and taxes. You gave a good example with, um, you know, uh, having their family member or their friend pay the exchange fee for the owner, right? Mm-hmm. Another way would be, let's just say you have a family member or a friend that wants to go to Hawaii, Yeah, right? Hawaii is a seven, eight, nine, $10,000 trip, mm-hmm. right? If you had the opportunity to give your family member or friend uh, the chance to go to Hawaii, instead of them paying seven, eight, nine, $10,000 to make it happen, just have them pay the maintenance and taxes, which in some cases the maintenance and taxes could be fifteen hundred, two thousand, three thousand dollars, right? I'm pretty sure your friend or family member would rather pay your two or three thousand dollar maintenance and taxes than to pay whatever hotel company or resort company the seven, the eight, or the nine grand to go to Hawaii. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, just the other day I had a, a friend of mine that works at Orange Lake who had an owner who had an additional week going to the Bahamas. It was um the Atlantis, and they were giving up the week for 800 bucks. Mm-hmm. So I took it. Mm-hmm. A two-bedroom mm-hmm. in the Atlantis. Access to the water park. I set my kids. You know. Yeah, yeah, You know yeah, what I'm saying? Absolutely. Then they extended their stay. They had a great time. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you can't beat that. So that owner rented their week, ironically, right? I mean, I think I think the problem is some people over-exaggerate the, what the owner can possibly earn. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the lines get a little blurred. But I don't believe that anyone should think they can have a problem renting their week out. If now, if there's false promises that you're gonna get rich and you're gonna, you know, you're gonna pay off your 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 ownership in yeah. six weeks because you rent, that's 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 where the, it gets blurred, yeah. you know. But I mean, you know, a lot of resorts say that it's real estate, right? If it's real estate, that means you have the right to do what you want to do with it. Mm-hmm. And in, in some of the um, demonstrations that they speak about ownership, they say you can use it, you can rent it, you can will it, or you can sell it, mm-hmm. right? These are things that can be done. Um, so I don't see why there should be a problem with that. But I think what happens is if there's a false promise that they can make a lot of income off of it, that's where yeah. people get in trouble. And that's why some resorts say, you know, you can't uh, do that. However, you know, Interval International, the exchange company, allows uh, owners to put weeks uh, into someone else's name by purchasing a guest certificate. For sure. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. it was designed for you to be able to transfer that opportunity to someone else. Yeah. So why not give these people the opportunity to do that? Absolutely. And if you're at a resort that is, um, you know, where you're not able to uh, pitch rental, the best way, I would say the best loophole around that is a third-party story. Absolutely. Right? Instead of you saying, hey, rent your unit. Hey, let me show you how to rent your unit. Don't do that, obviously, because your resort doesn't allow that. But you can give a nice, proper uh, third-party story, you know, of what owners have told you what they've done with their ownership. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, Take that, put that into a nice third-party story, and let the guests know that's on the tour with you what owners have told you that they've done with their ownership and that'll open up the possibilities of what that potential owner could do with their ownership. Absolutely. If that makes any sense. Well said. All right, moving forward. Third topic that we're talking about today is it's January and it's February and the low tour flow at these resorts. I mean, 
right now, I'm pretty sure if you're in the timeshare industry and you're not probably, I would say, 15 uh, or higher on the list, so let's say you're like 16, 17 or below, you're probably not going out right now, <laughs> to be honest with you. You're probably waking up in the morning, putting on your suit, the women putting on their makeup, putting on their nice little dresses, driving to work, spending your gas money, okay, clocking in, going to the morning meeting, sitting down, and waiting all day to be told, clock out and go home. You know what? You know what's crazy is that um, I've seen lately where they're not even telling you come in. They're, they're just calling you off. I'm I'm from an era where you you came in, at least if there was you 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 were there. And if there's no tour, then that happens. You you don't go home. You got dressed. You got you got up. You was pumped up. You fired up. You sitting. You waiting. You waiting. And then they tell you go home. But lately, I've been seeing where they're not even telling them come in. Yeah. You know, um, you know. So, as a person that's new, you have to position yourself that you know you know the cycles of this um, industry, and you have to put yourself in a position where there is no slow season for you. And the only way there's going to be no slow season for you is if you make the most out of what you got, you get, you know, previously. Like yeah. when you're coming out of that um, that December and even the first weeks, like you have to make it work with what you got. They say love the one you with. You got to sure. love the one you with. You got to turn that into a deal. For sure. You know, and, you, you know, therefore it's not slow for you. And maybe some of your resorts have some other op opportunities for you to do like, some resorts have a list of people who um, wasn't, who didn't sign up for an update or a presentation. It depends if you're at Dayline or in-house, you know. I'm, I'm speaking from an in-house perspective. But you may be able to chase people and ask them to come up. You may want to call your existing owners and maybe have yourself like a, what they call like a phone night or, you know, maybe try to upgrade them over the phone. If you're on a Dayline or Frontline, I don't have the answer to you. Yeah. I was born in house. So. Got you. <laughs> I got I you. Um, no, you're right. If you're somebody that had an amazing December, then you're most likely going out right now, you know. But if you're somebody that, um, I, I mean, I know some reps that had amazing December, but due to cancellations, it mm -hmm. brought them back down on the list. Yeah. So now that January's here, you know, they're not going out. Um but let's talk about some things that you could be doing to capitalize during this time that you're not going out, right? Because mm. we can still turn it into a positive. So if you're not going out right now, this is the time that you need to be training. Sharpening your axe. Right? Yeah. How's the, how, how does Abraham, what was the Abraham Lincoln quote? He said, if you give me six hours to chop down a tree, I will spend the, four, the first four hours Sharpening, sharpening my axe. axe. Absolutely. And that, and in this case, sharpening your axe would be ordering the sold in 60 timeshare objection cards, right? Ding. And sitting in the uh, in the rep room, okay, by yourself or with a co-worker or with a group of friends um, and sharpening your axe and going over the, 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 the objections, right? Getting mm -hmm. yourself ready so that way when you get that tour and you get that objection, you already know how to handle it. Um, another thing that you guys could be doing right now, if you're not going out, this is the time to get with your top rep, right? And mm -hmm. if the top rep is out, right, then I would be trying to sit next to the top rep's table and listen to what they got going on, or I would be trying to ride with the top rep, right? I need, this is the time that you guys, if the top reps are going out or whoever's selling, 
I would be trying to position myself as close as possible to their table so I can hear their pitch and hear what's going on, right? And whatever I hear, whatever jewels that they're dropping, I should be writing those things down, right? And preparing myself for when I get a tour. Some some people ain't having that. They're like, "Yo, why this person by me? Why they they scared?" You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Especially if the if the if the if the floor is like empty, you just can't be sitting next to somebody. You know what I'm so they like, what's wrong with this cat? You know. But I think that um, if you see the opportunity to have a conversation with a with a with a top writer, if you could just grab, know specifically what you need to ask them, whether it's sure. you know, how do you set up your back end? What is the best part of your tour? Can you give me a tip for, you know, you know, finding an angle, something like no specifically because they may not give you the time of day. But, um, you know, in this season, I think we need to I, I, let everyone that's in the season, you need wherever you are, because I know we have people from um, Fort Lauderdale. We have people from Nevada. We have people from Virginia. We, we have a lot of different um, representatives that support this movement and listen to the show. But I think it's important to know your clientele right because in january for floridians and for florida we have our clientele changes you know we will have people that come from canada we'll have people who are snowbirds now coming we'll have people who are mature you know they're 65 and up it's a different clientele and i think if you study your clientele you know how to sell them they're not worrying about the 60 or 90 minutes they have time they're in no rush the kids are not here they have rush so you can pitch bigger and if you take the time to to learn your area, if you build value, you know, if you if you know your area pitch and you can build value, you have time to get because things happen. Bigger deals happen in the slow times. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I think this is the time to really start thinking about area growth, things that's happening around your area. Think about your clientele on what what matters to them. You know, those people that's coming here are staying for a good sometimes two months. Yeah. You know, especially like the Canadians, you know, and you have to know your know your know your clientele. If you know objection is going to be the exchange rate, then you need to be prepared for that. For sure. You know what I'm saying? If you know that, you know, these people don't like noisy places or crowded places with children, then use that to your advantage when, you, when, you, when you're selling to them, you know? So I think that's what it's about. So sharpening your axe is really knowing your product in and out and how to get better and better and better and better. Yeah, and if you're a new rep, and you just had a tour. Maybe this is your first time getting a uh, overseas traveler, and the first thing they tell you is, "Oh, we would love to do it, but the exchange rate, you know, this Canadian exchange rate or this Brazilian exchange rate or whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. you know, really that's just a smokescreen, guys. Don't 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 take that and say, "Oh, well, they would have bought it, but it's the exchange rate." No, they knew about the exchange <laughs> rate before they booked the reservation to come over here. If the exchange rate was that much of a problem and that serious, they wouldn't be in front of you here in the United States traveling, right? Yeah. Why? Because of the exchange rate. So they know they they know about the exchange rate. Just don't fall for that one, all right? Um, and bring it up. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Don't be scared to bring, bring it, it up. up. Yeah, Talk absolutely. about the elephant in the room so you can overcome it, you know? objections if you know the objections there's so there's stated objections that they tell us there's the obvious objections that we know is going to come up and then we have um anticipated objections so it's okay to bring it up and and get cover it throughout the presentation so that they can't use it on the back end but if we don't address it it'll come up on the back end you know so whoever you use whether you use a manager or you don't use a manager you know be prepared for that in advance 
I was always taught that if you bring up the objection first, you win. If they bring up the objection first, they win, right? Mm. So um, I'm not, when I'm on a table, I'm not scared to bring up the objection first. So I would most likely bring up the exchange rate before they bring it up, you know? Yeah. Um, because if you, if you as the sales rep bring it up, in their mind, they're going to be like, oh, shit, they got us. Okay, now we got to think of another excuse. We got to right. think of another objection, right? right? But if they bring it up first, they win because they're going to be like, yeah, but remember I told you about the exchange rate. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? So just, you know, call out the purple elephant in the room and let's go ahead and talk about it. Because guess what? It's going to come out, mm -hmm. you know, so we might as well just get it out the way. Yeah. I mean, skillfully, you can you can address that, especially with your pricing. I don't know. Does every resort um, – do drops or some resorts the price is the price and that's it. I'm ninety nine percent sure that every resort does drops. Mm -hmm. Yeah, gotcha for sure. Um, you know, because obviously you want to keep the value high. You know, right. uh, so I'm assuming that everyone does drops. All right, so going into the next topic, um, different phrases to assume the close or assume the sale. And we talked about this before um, in our earlier episodes when we had uh, a good friend, uh, Fred, on the, uh, on the podcast. Shout out, Fred. Um, different phrases to assume the close. For example of that would be like, um, do you have a credit card that gives you points? Love it. Okay. Why are we asking them for a credit card that gives them points? Because that's the credit card that they're getting ready to put the down payment on. Thanks for telling me you got a credit card. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, and, you know, you have credit cards that, you know, you make large major purchases on and you're able to rack up points and things like that. So you're kind of double dipping. You're getting the, the purchase and you're also getting points on the back end with the card, right? Well, yeah, but... Before timeshare, I didn't know nothing about points because I didn't have no credit cards. Points. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know the point game, but um, points points are nice, man. I mean, I'm flying tomorrow using points. Using points. You know there you go. Okay. So, but um, I think that yeah, I once I heard people say that, I use it on the table and said, you know, um, which what, what card you got that gives you points? And they'll tell me, you know, yeah. oh, we use Delta Sky Miles or we use American Express, blah blah blah. And now I know you got a card. So for people out there that this might be brand new to you, especially maybe uh, the younger demographic, maybe 18, 19, 20, you're in the game, you really don't know much about credit cards. If you don't mind, Rich, from a layman's term, um, what does it mean by do you have a card that you rack up points? And once someone makes a purchase and they do rack up points, what can they do with these points? So for every dollar that you spend on that card, um, you get rewarded with points that can convert to a, a cash value, right? So if you, some cards reward you for buying your airline tickets or for booking hotels or for shopping with groceries, right? So the more you use that card, they give you points, and then those points can be used for something else. Sometimes they can be even used to pay your bill, right? So some people, most people that, are, that manage their money well, they'll use the credit card, buy whatever they're going to buy, and then pay it off with the cash because they had it in the first place. For sure. Right? So they, they use that to an advantage. It's the game they play. You know, if I'm going to buy groceries, I was going to buy groceries anyway. But if I use my credit card, I'll put on a credit card, then I'll just pay that out of my money, the cash that I already had, and I accumulated points for using that card. So these people play this game, and because of that, they have 
they have points. Yeah. You know, they have points that they can use. So I tell them, if you're going to use anything for when you're going to own with us today, use the one that gives you points. So you get rewarded for using that card. Now, if you work at a resort that sells weeks, don't confuse these credit card points with timeshare points, right? We're talking about uh, credit card points that you rack up on your credit card that you're able to use and redeem, like Rich said, to be mm-hmm. able to purchase things. Yeah. Um, uh, I like to say, um, who has the best handwriting? Who has the best handwriting is amazing. I love that one. <laughs> give him the pen. And you give him the pen. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that means you should have a pen on you during your presentation. One, you should have a pen on you because you're doing your pencil pitch and everything like that. But for two, you should have a pen on you when you get ready to ask them who has the best handwriting and you hand them over uh, the pen. I hope you go to work with at least two pens, maybe three. Why? Because somebody's going to take one? Well, sometimes you have a deal where they need to fill out two different loan apps. Oh, for sure. You know what I'm saying? That's true. So I need to have you out with both pens. Then I also suggest that, you know, y'all should get creative and always be uh, marketing. You should have custom pens. (laughs) And if if you haven't gotten a pen, I'm going to send you guys a pen. Comment pen below our social (laughs) media and I will send you a pen. For sure. That's like a stylus. And I'm going to write $3 million with this pen. See the pure white? Let's do it. Um, All right, guys. So moving right along. Topic number five. How did your tour get in front of you on the presentation? And how can you capitalize on it? All mm-hmm. right. So there's different uh, tour sources, I guess you would say, of how these tours are generated and how these tours end up in front of you. Yeah. Um, one of the ways is that they're actually just renting to stay at the resort. So they're actually paying uh, the money, whatever the nightly rate is, directly to the resort to be able to stay, um, to be able to stay there at the resort. And that's how you're able to uh, give them a presentation. Now, if they're renting to stay directly there at the resort, that's a good thing. That's a great opportunity. Yeah. If they're spending the regular price, that's one of the best tours. Yeah, that's actually the best. Because they're really spending the money themselves. So they can really see, you know, that I'm spending this and I don't own it. So you want to take advantage of that. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. That is an in-house tour, correct? An in-house tour? Yeah. If they're staying at the property, renting, right? Because Well, no, it's not in-house. They don't own. Well, to my understanding, in-house means anyone that's staying on the property. Really? Mm-hmm. So there's resorts out there that's taking guests that are spending their money to, to stay directly at the resort and giving those tours to the in-house team? Yeah. Because oh, that's dirty. Yeah. <laughs> that's dirty. That's supposed to go to the front line. No. I, I, I thought, <laughs> yo, I thought front line means that they're, I mean, obviously they're not an owner, but yeah. they, I thought the front line and the day line, they're getting hooked from, Outside the street, they're staying in a hotel. They are and correct, they, right? So they're not staying at the resort. Nah, they're nah. They're supposed to be if they don't own at all with your particular resort, then they're supposed to go to the front line. Mm. Yeah, for sure. So whatever resort out there is doing that is actually taking money off the table <laughs> for the front line. <laughs> you know what I'm saying for the front line reps. Shout um, out to everyone who's who started front line day line. Um, I personally think that you guys have a harder sell because when someone is not staying at the resort and they haven't really got to experience it and you're just showing it to them, yeah, 
But I think that they they really have a mindset that they're just coming to get these gifts, get through this presentation, and get out. Yeah. So for those of you that are dealing with frontline with people who are not staying, I give you your props because you're really dealing with a tough sale. Yeah. Now I was born in house, right? I back in the day you had to start on the front line and then you have to it was a privilege to be in house. Well when I got in the industry, you was able to start in house. Now, what I find is people who start on the day line on the front line think in house is harder. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And I and I think it's vice versa. I think people who Starting in-house feel like frontline should be easy because I think in in-house you get a variety of people, but it usually they don't. It's like it's a, maybe it's a mentality thing, it's a mindset, but yeah. I, I don't really see when they switch. They find success. Um, I think it's me. I think it's a mindset thing um, because when you're on the front line, um, you have to paint the dream of what this family could do with the ownership, mm-hmm. and you know when you're on the in-house side they already have skin in the game so you really just have to create a problem of what's going on with their current ownership and get them to purchase and buy in more so it's really just a mindset thing is the cup half empty or half full it just depends on who's looking at the cup really i guess i guess different resorts because from all i've seen from what i've seen in in-house where i've been at they get a non-owner they get exchangers and they get owners, and then they get renters. So they have a variety. So, yeah, for sure. So it's a versatile skill that needs to be had. And as a matter of fact, we just had this conversation um, two weeks ago because when you deal with different tour sources, sometimes your sequence changes. Oh, for sure. You know, and when you do get a non-owner, sometimes because you've been dealing with these different tour sources, you may not follow the steps. For sure. Of a brand new tour mm-hmm. and therefore you skip things you used to getting straight to it yeah 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 you that's know? true that's true so you you're right about that and in-house they're getting so many different variety of, of tours that and sometimes they get so used to seeing let's just say owners that when they do get a, a non-owner and they have to do a full a through z tour they kind of skip steps yeah get like straight that. to it you know because with the own like you said when they don't own you're creating you're creating a dream you're showing them the product on what they can do but when they already own, you're showing them how to make it better, mm-hmm. how to, you know, how to elevate that. For sure. So the question was, how do they get here and how do you capitalize off that? Obviously, if it's a, if it's a renter, you show them the best opportunity that's there for them. With an owner, you show them how to make their ownership even better. For an exchanger, you show them how they can have the best of both worlds because I don't think that anyone ever says, damn, why you bought that, you know? Yeah. It's like, okay, now that you have that, let me show you how to get this and you can have the best of both worlds. For sure. But I, I was taught that, you know, and I think for anybody that's new and in-house, I want you to take this. This is free game. You have to realize that everyone could be sold as long as you have the right approach. Everyone could be sold as long as you have a strategy. And I believe that every one of those tour origins have a different strategy. You know, um, obviously, non-owner is your regular presentation, but an owner may you need to come up with an angle to enhance what they have and they need you or they need to purchase something else to make it better or to get them to the next level. I know that some resorts that sell points have different tiers, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to buy more to get to a certain tier, Mm -hmm. you know, but the value has to be there. Mm -hmm. The value has to exceed the cost. Well, another thing also is not just all these tours coming in in different uh, sources, but 
Uh, we want to be able to find extra money, right? I think mm-hmm. that's one thing that we were talking about is finding money, right? So mm-hmm. if you're dealing with a non-owner, and let's just say they actually paid money directly to stay at the resort, one of the questions would be, well, you know, how often do you rent? What other resorts have you, you know, rented at uh, mm-hmm. directly, right? Because we're finding, we need to find some money. We need to find some rent versus all money. In your case, Rich, you're dealing with um, owners. So let's just say they own at another resort, but they exchange to stay at your resort. And now you're giving them a presentation while they're at your resort. Well, a question to find some money is, well, how often do you exchange, mm-hmm. right? How often do you exchange to stay at different resorts? Because guess what? Exchanging is not free. Mm-hmm. Exchanging is at least $200, $300. Just by asking that question alone, you might find out that they exchange two or three time. times a year. You know what I'm saying? You know there's some resorts that don't have internal exchanges. Absolutely. They yeah. don't have, like, their resort doesn't have other locations, so they have no other option but, but to, to exchange. exchange. You know? yeah. So that's a good question. That's what they call discovery. I think people, I've, I hear all the time, we use the word discovery, but no one really breaks down what's discovery. And to put it into context, like, discovery is finding out information, asking the right questions, asking questions that's going to lead you to find an angle to make these people say, I want your product. So just like you said, you know, how often do you exchange here? But I think also asking an assumptive question as if you already know, like, so outside of your timeshare, how like how much does it cost per night when you rent hotels? That's an amazing question. <laughs> like, like I already sure. know, like, you know. For sure. And just, you know, I think that people have to come out of the comfort zone and just, you know, ask these assumptive questions. I think if you... If you really understand the game and the psychology of the, of the sale, you'll have fun with it. Absolutely. You'll have so much fun with it because some of the things that you're saying, you know, you know you're doing it to steer people into a direction to answer the questions that you want. For sure. You know? For sure. Absolutely. But we got to remember that. It's chess, not checkers. For sure. Um, the last type of family that would stay at the resort would be um, a family that's just on a travel package, mm. right? They're They're not paying, let's say full price directly to stay at the resort. They're not an owner of the resort. They just purchased the four days, three nights, $199 travel package that maybe they got through an email campaign or phone call, and, um, you know, they ended up at your resort, you know, and now you're there to to give them a presentation. So if they bought the travel package, is it from them they were there before and they bought the travel package they didn't buy or they bought it online? It could be a mixture of both. The reason why I say that is because um, there's some tour sources where the family took a presentation and they didn't buy. So then that last package that they see is like a trial package, a test drive package, a discovery package, a VOA package. Different companies call it different things. Mm -hmm. So um, they could be coming back to the resort using one of those travel packages or it could have been hey they got an email that said want to go to disney for four days three nights one ninety uh, four hundred and ninety nine dollars click here and yeah. then boom they ended up at your resort well they say that the two reasons why people buy a voa or discovery is either they didn't trust you or they didn't have the money they couldn't afford it oh for sure you know for sure so i want to start there and in discovery i'm going to say wow like what made you buy this package yeah. And maybe they'll, you know, because if I ask the right questions, they'll tell me how to sell them. Absolutely. You know? So with those people, I would ask that. And then they'll try, they'll tell me, like, the reason why they didn't purchase, you know, they may say the guy's bad, had bad breath, or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever they, you mm-hmm. know, but I need to work around that. 
Um, they just pressured us. We just bought something just to get out of it. I mean, I've heard it. I've heard it all. I'm glad you brought that up. Let's talk about that. Let's just say a tour is on, um, you know, you have a tour, mm-hmm. you're on a presentation, and this particular tour, how they got to your in front of you is because they bought a travel package as far as like a, a test drive package or a VOA package or a discovery package. How do you sell that tour once they come back? Because in their mind, they're like, hey, I, I bought this little travel package thing. They say I get a total of four or five vacations. Um, I'm on my second or third vacation. Why would I buy with you here today when I still have two more vacations on this travel package? Well, you can continue renting. The travel. The extra vacation they have on a travel package, they still got to pay. You know, all they did was give them what they call leisure or something like that. It's like a, it's like getaways. Mm-hmm. Get, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I think we need to understand that they understand the product. Did they understand the program when it was explained to them in the first place? And what didn't they like? What didn't they understand? What made that didn't make them go forward? And then if the package was sold properly, right, pretty much you can't even have what they have locked in for you. That's a, It's a takeaway, mm-hmm. you know? And I just look at it as they didn't, you know, when someone says no, it's not an O, it's K-N-O-W. They mm-hmm. didn't know enough. So someone that toured them couldn't get them over the hump, mm-hmm. right? So I'm going to probably do a takeaway and say, you know, that package no longer, we don't do those anymore, X, Y, Z. Then I'm going to go over the, the ownership and see what was the objection that they had, why they didn't move forward. And I'm going to do my thing to illustrate why ownership makes more sense than doing that. Mm-hmm. Because then you could spend 400 for the whatever those are. But if you continue doing it, first of all, you only get X amount before those run out. Mm-hmm. Then what you're going to do? You're going to go back to renting. Mm-hmm. So it's a rent versus own regardless. Mm-hmm. you know. And it's about retaining the money, saving money, not throwing it out the window and not being able to recoup it. Excellent said. Um, just to piggyback on that, another thing would be, let's just say they say, you know, hey, why would I buy with you here today when I still have two more vacations left on this little travel package deal that I bought? Mm-hmm. Well, you got to understand, every time they use that travel package, uh, they got to take a presentation. So yeah. if you're telling me you have two more vacations left, that's two more presentations. Presentations are at least three, four, five hours long. Mm-hmm. That's another 10 hours that you're going to dedicate. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, on your family time. Like, is it worth putting your family through that? But now that you you put it like that, there's a, there's a broker that um, they have it where they can take multiple... They, when they sign up, it's so they can take multiple tours until they find the right ownership for them. Mm-hmm. In the bottom of the the fine print on the on that company's website, it says this is for solicitation of vacation ownership or um, uh, vacation planning. Right. Mm-hmm. So these people think like, "Hey, man, I have I have eight more presentations to do." Mm-hmm. You know, but what I what I found was. When you get that that family in front of you, you can overcome all that with your presentation. I'm not sure what other resource presentations are, but I'm familiar with one that explains the difference between vacation clubs, points, and weeks. And I'm sure that wherever you work, whatever you sell is the best, mm-hmm. right? So if if your presentation explains the different type of ownerships in 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 your presentation where you're breaking down the different types, you have the right right there to say, I'm gonna save you time from shopping around. Because looking at the others, this doesn't make sense because it is. This doesn't make sense because it is. But what we sell is this, and you can see the value in that, can't you? You agree that you don't want to waste your time shopping around when the answer's right in front of you. Wouldn't you agree? Mm-hmm. And then boom. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Because you can stop stop the bleeding. Why do you want to shop around and put your family on vacation and 
then have a presentation for four or five hours dragging you for out sure. of you know what I'm saying? Come on. Come on. And what, what if I can give you a credit back for what you pay for that package and save you some time? That's another angle right there, right? So if they have, let's just say they bought that travel package and they uh, uh, the test drive package and they have a few more weeks left before it runs out or a few more points left before it runs out, um, depending on the resort that you work at, you know, check with your resort, your managers and your TOs. Um, if they buy in with you that day, you're able to take those weeks that's still left on their package mm-hmm. uh, and save them and, you know, throw them into the deal or take those points and save them and throw them into the deal. Um, so definitely uh, ask around, you know, and if these are new topics or new things that you're just now hearing, um, ask your coworkers, ask your managers. Um, they'll be able to help you also and assist you and maybe even uh, go over a pitch for you or something like that. Definitely get your pitch uh, ready because you're going to get these tours and you definitely want to be, you don't want to be, as Rich says, role-playing with real money. Yeah. You know <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Which my mom does that a lot. But anyway. <laughs> um, all right. So we got that. Moving on to the, oh, last thing I want to touch about that topic is if they have these little test drive uh, packages, a lot of these test drive packages does not open them up to the entire uh, uh, ownership, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe they have select properties that they can go to. Maybe, um, and you'll know when you do your discovery, you'll find out that they want to travel here and they want to go here and they want to go there. But because of this trial package that they purchased, they're not able to go to those places that, um, you know, they told you in the discovery, they're only able to go to the places that they're allowed to because they bought this travel package, uh, a test drive package. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's very limited, basically, is what I'm getting at. Um, so definitely point that out. For sure. Um, moving on to the next topic. There's some timeshare companies in the industry right now that have made some big, major purchases. There's some, been some big purchases. There's been some merges. Um, one of the biggest purchases right now is Hilton has recently just bought Diamond Resorts and Blue Green Vacation Resorts. Yeah, let's talk about that. So Hilton Resorts paid $1.4 billion for Diamond Resorts. Mm. Diamond has about 710,000 owners Mm -hmm. and about 154 properties, I believe. Mm -hmm. And then um, Blue Green, which ironically, I didn't know that Diamond would be paid less for it, but Blue Green, they paid one point five. Billion dollars. Get out of here. Yeah. And um, that's that's interesting. That is. I mean, that's big. Um, but it's a gift and a curse. Again, it depends on how you look at it. Is the cup half empty or half full? The reason why I say that is because Hilton is known to be a prestige product, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's supposed to be one of the top of uh, top of the line, if not one of the best uh, products out there as far as uh, – uh, accommodations go, mm-hmm. right? Upscale when you think of Hilton, right? Um, Diamond Resorts, oh, Diamond is kind of on the lower spectrum of, it's kind of like bottom shelf liquor. It's kind of like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't know a bottom shelf liquor. Terramana? Yeah, it's kind of like a Terramana. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, and then when you get someone that drinks top shelf liquor, they don't want bottom shelf liquor, all right? So let me land the plane here. For somebody at Diamond's pissed off. <laughs> exactly. So when when you get these, put it this way, Hilton owners are not happy about 
the purchase of the diamond properties mm. because those properties are not nice anyway. Mm. You can't compare them to a Hilton, yeah. right? So why would I want to exchange to a diamond resorts when I'm used to staying at top show, top quality resorts, you know? If I was on the table and I had a Hilton owner that was upset about the acquisition of diamonds saying the quality is not there, I would say, listen, what we're doing is giving you more opportunities. Mm. We're giving you more opportunities to travel other places with options. And if you give us enough time, we're going to renovate them and bring them up to the standards that we have. Absolutely. Absolutely. Be patient. For sure. We're growing. I like we're that. We're giving you more options. <laughs> I like that. Let's go. And I don't even sell points. What's up? <laughs> Put me in the game, coach. <laughs> I like that. Um, now, nah, not to say that. Diamond, I'm pretty sure, you know, has some prestige. Everyone has a flagship uh, resort out there somewhere. But, again, comparing that to the Hilton Resorts, um, you know, hey, we'll see how that turns out. Uh, moving on to the next topic. Hold on a second before oh, we move on. And shout ahead. out to the people at Capital Vacations. Um, I didn't know much about Capital Vacations. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of people that, that hit me up, and that's where they're going. I don't know nothing about it. I never heard of the name. But I looked them up, and they said it's one of the fastest-growing uh, timeshare companies Got out, there. out right now. I'm surprised. You know, I, I recently just started hearing the word Capital Vacations yeah. maybe less than a year ago. You know, so yeah. I didn't know that they were as big as you say they are. Shout out to the people at Capital because a lot of them send students to the Richdale School of Real Estate. Oh, for sure. So shout out to for Capital. Sure. Um, and that's another thing, too. Also, we have love for all resorts out there because one thing about it, two things for sure. Timeshare is being sold every single day around the world at every resort, regardless if it's publicly owned, privately owned, uh, uh, publicly traded, privately owned, big name, small name, top shelf, bottom shelf, it doesn't matter. There's a deal going on every single day at all these resorts. And all these resorts have top riders, right? All these resorts have top riders. And let me say, I want to steal that line again. What you say? How you say? One thing for certain, two Two things things for for sure. sure. (laughs) One thing for certain, two things for sure. In this industry, you can go anywhere. doesn't matter if you start at one resort and it doesn't work out, you can go to another resort. And mm-hmm. that may be the one that you click, you like the product, you find a flow, and it changes your life. I know many people who have left one place that they've been at for many years, try someone else and say, damn it, I wish I found this place first. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? So I just think that you know, we, sometimes you'll find me gravitating to one place because that's what I'm familiar with. But at the end of the day, the industry is the industry. You are helping people vacation and travel the world. Don't take it personal if I give, you know, if I lean on one place or if I said something about Diamond, you know what I'm saying, Uh, whatever, because I think that what we're doing as these uh, vacation consultants is we're helping people make great decisions to to travel the world, right? And and just we get a – I – feel passionate about anywhere that I'm at. If I believe in a product, then that's the energy you're going to get. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, man. When I worked at a resort um, that only had a, f- a few home resorts, let's just say this particular company only had like six or seven uh, branded resorts, mm-hmm. right? So basically, the family is somewhat forced to use the exchange company if they ever wanted to go anywhere else, right? It's just it's what it was. It was a small company. Yeah. A positive or a way that I was able to flip that was to tell families, listen, our owners that purchase here are able to stay at any resort, mm-hmm. right? They purchase with us, 
to be able to stay at the Disney. They purchase with us to be able to stay at the Hilton. We have owners that purchase with us just because our prices are a little bit lower than the big name companies. They purchase with us just to be able to get into the industry and in exchange to stay other places. Mm -hmm. Would you rather go to Disney and pay $50,000 for one week of ownership or purchase $10,000 timeshare with us and just exchange into Disney? Right, it's like a loophole. It's like a back door to get into Disney. It's like a back door to get into the Hilton, or it's like a back door to get into the bigger names. Right, so I used to kind of flip it a little bit. That's crazy. I had a lady just fight with me over that. Talking about, I can just buy one for ten thousand. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? You gave. Um, or we're, we're gonna get to that. Actually, that's the last. That's the last topic. Let's see where are we at right now. I wanted. To, I want definitely want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go to. We going in today, y'all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We kind of miss one. y'all. You know. <laughs> This one should definitely be one of the highest views, highest played. Uh, yeah, if you like episodes. what you're hearing right now, share it with somebody. Send them the link and also send them to um, the Instagram page, Solden60. If you listen to this on Apple Podcasts, share that. If you listen to this on Spotify, share that. On Spotify, you could actually see the video as well. So we appreciate you watching the video. But more importantly, we, we ask that when you're – Listen, whatever platform you listen to this on, please leave a rating and a comment. For sure. Because sometimes before people f- uh, actually listen to something, they go straight to the the ratings and the comments to see, you know, if it's worth listening to. If there's any activity or anything going on. Yeah. yeah absolutely. So if you see value and you, you find a little nugget here and there, just find that one thing. If you listen to a show, find that one thing that can help you level up. So we appreciate you. For sure. All right. Two topics left. La- uh, second to last one. Which timeshare companies have the best hotel chains? All righty. Let's start with Hilton, right? Um, we're all familiar with the Waldorf Astoria. Have you stayed at a Waldorf Astoria before? Uh, yeah, one time. How'd you like it? It was cool, man. I think between the Waldorf and the Ritz, they're both nice, but I believe both of them are overrated, but they're nice. Okay. Well, Waldorf overrated, really? Ritz I overrated? Mean, I mean, I like nice things, but the cost doesn't like the value doesn't doesn't really over doesn't give it to me over the cost. You know what I'm saying? Like the rooms were like four hundred a night. Mm-hmm. Even my, shout out to my bomb void people. You know what I'm saying? The right. MMP MM4. Right. Shout out to my people. Shout out to the Hilton Honors people that hook it up. Um, I've stayed at both, and I, the only thing that I like about um. I don't really remember the, the breakfast was great at the Waldorf, man. The fluffy pancakes. For sure, for sure. The bedding, the duvet. Yeah. Oh, you're, not, I, you're definitely going to spend the bag. Oh, man. I love a good duvet. For sure. You know, I love um, the comfort of the rooms and the cleanliness, you know. Um, but I don't know. They're right. You know, um, the Curio, we stayed at a Curio in, 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 in Miami probably like two years ago. Um that was nice. I enjoyed that. The Conrad, that's a Hilton property. Um, you know, they just opened up Evermore. Evermore and Conrad have this type of relationship going on, yeah. which are underneath the umbrella of um, of Hilton. Uh, the Doubletree. Uh, Doubletree's cool. They do the fresh, you know, chocolate chip cookies when you check in. <laughs> I like that. Um, Doubletree's under who? Double trees on the Hilton. Okay. Yeah, they do the they Hilton's do. strong. Like I, I, I haven't had a complaint, but not even at a a Waldorf. Just usually they're normal. Yeah, it's, it's straight. Um, I would say out of the Hilton, the least favorite 
hotel would be the Hampton Inn. I think that's like their bottom tier. That's like the entry level hotel yeah. is the Hampton Inn. I mean, um, you know, maybe you just need a place to lay your head at night or something, you know. Um, NBC Suites is cool. They do the free happy hour, um, you know, every day around five to six, which I enjoy that. Uh, Marriott, okay. Marriott's hotel chains. They got. I, I think I'm Team Marriott. Team Marriott. They got the Ritz Carlton. Yeah, they got the JW Marriott, which is weird because I've I've paid more for the Ritz, but the JW had a better vibe. I don't know why I thought the Ritz Carlton and the JW Marriott was the same thing because here is one building with the two names on it. No, no, they're next to each other. The Ritz is here and the JW is here. But they're attached. But they, they, no, they're not attached. I mean, the same property, but oh, they okay. share the amenities. Got you. But they're separate. They're separate. Got you. Okay. I, I'm but, thinking so I stood at the Ritz. I'm thinking, the Ritz is the Ritz. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And over the JW was popping. They had the water slides, mm. everything. It was the, over there is where it was at. I'm like, shit, I stayed over here. Okay. I'm at the Ritz. It's so the Ritz. And I have to walk all the way over to where it was popping. That's funny. So, you know. Um, the Westin. Westin is a Marriott property. Uh, the W Hotel. We just found out that the W stands for whenever, whatever. Yeah. Let me tell you something. In Dubai, um, I stay at the Marriott in Dubai. Mm. Which one? I don't know. It was called the Marriott Residences in Abu Dhabi. Residence in, yeah, yeah, yeah. Residence? Yeah. Res not Residence in. Oh, okay. Residence. Oh, okay. <laughs> Excuse me. Word. I mean, okay. It's my accent. You know what I'm saying? My accent. No, it was, they were like apartment complex. It was like apartments in Dubai. It was dope. It was It was really nice. Um, How many bedrooms? Three. Oh, wow. Three okay. Bedrooms. Yeah, I wish I could prop it up on the screen right now. All right. Next show, I'll show it to y'all. Um, so that I, I like Marriott. I'm Team Marriott. I've used both, but okay. I think Marriott is strong and the quality is good. And don't they sell their um furniture or their bedding? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, let's see. They got the St. Regis now. St. Regis is I don't. I haven't met a person that stayed at the St. Regis. I before. have, but I, if I heard, I need to. I need to check it out. I heard there's a St. Regis in Dubai too. I heard it's really nice. I think there's one in Miami, too, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they got a couple A-lofts. I see them here in Orlando. I've never stayed at one. You stayed at an A-loft? I stayed at an A-loft downtown. How was that? Nice. Okay. Uh, and then they got the Gaylord Palms. There's a few Gaylord Palms, actually. I know we got the one right here in Orlando. I know there's one in Tennessee. And then other than that, I don't I don't know where the other ones are at. But Gaylord Palms is, is, is nice. Yeah. Um, finishing off the list would be the Wyndham Hotel. Uh, brands, which if you ask me, just looking at this list, I'm sorry, guys, but this probably is the bottom tier of the hotels. They have Ramada. I mean, come on. Ramada used to be it back in the day, but who stays at a Ramada? I mean, uh, Days In, come on. Super 8, stop it. Travel Lodge, give me a break. Hey, listen. <laughs> Baymont, Come hey, on, bro. Hey. What are we doing here? Listen, listen, listen. <laughs> you got to have a product for everybody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get it. I get it. Stay, you know? Um, Let me say something. The Wyndham, the Wyndham that I know of is Bonnet Creek. That's all that. Shout out to everyone across the United States. For sure. I'm only, I really only know Florida like that. But um, the Wyndham, oh, the Wyndham in New York City is nice too. The one, there's a Wyndham in uh, Times Square. That was nice. Um, okay, Wyndham Hotel. When it first opened, yep, 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 stayed there because I, I live in New York. Um, 
I went to a I went to a convention. Shout out to man. Shout out to all the podcasters out there. Um, I went to the Pod Fest twenty twenty three. It was twenty twenty four, but it was at a Wyndham. And when I checked into the room, y'all, I did a three sixty and checked right out. Mm. It was terrible. Oh wow. Oh, the one right here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. You saw the footage. Yeah, I you seen that. That was I was disappointed. Uh, I was disappointed for you. Yeah. Um. All right, but I'm pretty sure Wyndham will step their game up, or somebody will come up and 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 you know. Well, apparently, I mean, from what I'm seeing, what I'm what we're seeing in this region is that it seems to be major giants trying to buy up little resorts. Yeah. And I think that something's happening. Something's happening where they can control or that, you know, it's it's a few major giants that's buying up these resorts, you know? Mm-hmm. So Hilton is one. I don't know if Marriott buying anything, but doesn't Marriott own, like, Interval? Marriott owns Interval. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 I think so. And Wyndham so. owns, um, Wyndham owns RCI? Yes. So, yes, I mean, yes, a lot, yes. there, there's something going on, you know? So, um, it is, enjoy the ride, you know, but... I even there's there's always and there's rumors of other resorts being purchased. You know, I don't want to be a gossiper, so you know, whatever happens, happens. But we notice that that's happening a lot. So, you know. All right. Enjoy this, the flow. this brings us to our last topic of the night, and it is be ready for the worst. Be ready so you ain't gotta get ready. And what we mean by that is just be ready for the worst thing that's going to come out of your guest or your family or your tour's mouth, right? Be ready for it. Even if it's not something that's in your script, right? Mm-hmm. You got to be ready because you don't know what these people are about to say, right? If yeah. you're on a tour right now and a family tells you, well, how do I exit out of this timeshare if I buy in? That's not in the script. Yeah. But you need to have that pitch in your back pocket so that way you are able to at least do a third-party story or give them some information on how they're able to exit or something of that nature, right? You just don't want to be on the table like, uh, I don't know. It's a good question. You, know, find out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So ha- have a pitch ready, you know. Um, go to your manager. Ask your manager. If a, if, if a tour told you how did they exit out of this timeshare, what would you say? Go to a different manager. See what they would say. Go to a different manager. See what they say. Compare it, and then you get back to yourself and formulate your own little pitch. That way, if that's ever said to you on a table, you know how to um, respond to that. Um, another thing would be, um, and this is where I want you to bring in. Hold uh, on. Before, before, before you, you go on to are they allowed to be talking to different managers like that? Why not? I don't know. Level of respect, like don't be talking to that manager. You're my my rep, I don't know how it is with y'all, but when I was a rep, it was like you know, it was like the streets. Like you can't be just talking to the ranchers. Like you doing talking to him, yeah, or her, yeah. Now nah, I'm just I'm messing with y'all. I mean, some resorts are like that though. Yeah. Um, what if somebody hits you on the table with, well, I seen timeshares on on the internet for a dollar. Why would I buy thirty thousand dollar timeshare with you guys? Definitely. Be ready for that. It happens. Um, <laughs> I think that we have to understand that there's objections and there's going to be concerns that come up continuously in this industry. You need to be prepared and swift on your toes. And the only way to be prepared is to practice. Practice, because it's coming. And uh, I was fortunate. I use the word fortunate because sometimes when you're not 
in the field, you can get rusty, right? But some things become second nature to you. And I was in a situation where a gentleman, um, a family came back to cancel, and their objection or their reason of canceling is a few. They came with three different reasons, right? One reason was the, um, that they saw on their account that the um, their week they had a reservation already set up, and what they didn't realize is that they had owned a a fixed week. So when you have a fixed week. They, they owned a um, uh, New Year's Eve week. So when you own a New Year's Eve week, your week is already set. The reservation is already made, so you don't lose your week. They didn't realize that. They thought that someone went in their account and set it up without their knowledge. So I had to explain that to them. The second thing is they said, we Google timeshares and the average sales price is only 24000 and we paid 35000 and we don't want to overpay. And what they didn't realize was that they paid a premium for the week that they own to be guaranteed one of the highest demanded travel weeks in the year. So I had to go pull up the travel demand index in the Interval International directory, the, re the resort directory, and show them the travel demand index shows that in this area, in Orlando, week 52 was the largest or the highest demanded week. That's why you pay the premium. So you can, you can get something equivalent. You can get a two-bedroom for... Twenty four thousand dollars, you know what I'm saying, but it just won't have the same type of uh, trading power yeah. or you know the demand. Yeah. They have to understand that. And then the last one was that they saw resales, right? Um, now, this is the things that you have to if you are uh, selling a non owner or um, somebody that pretty much a non owner. I want to I want to say Dayline. Understand that these are things that are going to happen. They're going to run to the internet. They're going to call their friends. They're going to brag. Yo, I just bought a timeshare. That's a big deal for some people, you know. I bought a timeshare, right? And then that these people had went to the um, to the pool and was talking to some an owner, and the owner was like, "Don't do it, don't do it. You better cancel it. Mm. Can't get out of it." Mm. So they, but between the internet and the person that's talking to them, they was like, "We want to cancel." So I had to explain the thing about the fixed week. I had to explain the thing about the average sales price. I, I used all types of analogies and. One thing I love about what this business has taught me is being calm and knowing how to mirror energy. Because even that lady was shaking and just, I just want to get out. And I was up and I couldn't sleep. And my husband was sleeping. He was snoring, but I was up. And it's like, when I'm calm and I'm just like, understand how you feel. A lot of people felt the same way. But what they found was there's two different types of timeshares. You have floating and you have a fixed week. You know, the lady was like, I can I can get it for cheaper. Why would I pay that? I said, well, you know, you have an iPhone. I have an iPhone. How many gigs does your iPhone have? Well, I have about a terabyte. So would you agree that mine can do more than yours because it has more space? It can hold more pictures, more, pictures. more messages. Yeah. Yeah. However, we pay two different prices for mine. Mm. You understand? The same thing with time. I was just going in on her. Mm. But this was coming out naturally because... I really believe in the product, man. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And I understand people's mindset. Like, I get it. Shoot, if I was on the internet and I saw something, if the average price is 24000 why would I spend ten grand more? It's not apples to apples, you know? But mm. they don't understand that as a new owner. Another thing she was saying was, I can go and buy a resale. Obviously, you can definitely buy a resale, but you don't get the, the, the benefits of the, the developer. Mm. 
you know, there's things that come along with buying from the developer. And I asked if you bought a, a used car from a, another party, would you have the warranty? Would you be able to no. walk in? You know what I'm saying? So there's a lot of things. So in a calm manner, because at the end of the day, my lights were not going to turn off if she didn't purchase, and neither was the representatives. And in a calm way, we just explained to her, we understand how you feel. And if you feel that this is not for you, by all means, give it back and we'll close it out. But if you still feel that you're going to spend the same money regardless of uh, vacation in, then why not take the money from one pocket and put it in the other? Mm-hmm. Let me ask you a question. How much How much do you spend per, per vacation? Oh, we only spend about $1,000, but we take about four, four years. So, okay, well, if you take the 35000 divided by four, you would break even in about eight, eight and a half years. Do you agree? When you continue vacation, and well, that money is coming out of somewhere, right? Well, yeah, yeah, if you look at it like that, understand so with, but you know so i had to go that route so mm-hmm. the moral of the story is what dylan is saying is to be ready um she brought up wesley financial which is a timeshare exit company ironically i was just looking them up the other day and um one resort has them a whole article on their website talking about them talking about how even they are being sued for uh, misleading people and telling people to make uh, like bad financial decisions and to re- and to um, like not pay their mortgages, which causes credit issues and stuff like that. So I had to explain to them like we know about Wesley. Here, take a look. We know about Dave Ramsey. Take a look. You know, it's a small industry, mm. and you have to understand that people are going to search the internet. This is not back in the day. Shout out to everyone back in the day. That was selling timeshare with there was no internet. Shout out to everyone who was y'all selling timeshare. Y'all were doing it. Yeah, y'all probably wouldn't even last a, a, a millisecond in today's industry. <laughs> Maybe you would. I'm just saying. There's a lot. Times going, are different. There's a lot going on. There's a lot with reviews. I mean, she was looking at reviews, and you know, and it's another thing. Like I, if y'all listen back previous in our shows earlier, I always share my story about my experience with Flemings when I first got into timeshare, y'all. I was so excited to be introduced to fine dining. Shout out to my friend, uh, Winfred Barrington, who put me on to fine dining. And when I found this restaurant, I continuous, continuously ate there frequently for years. Okay, 2012. It wasn't until, I don't know, this was like four years ago, this story. Took my parents, took my father there for Father's Day, and the service was terrible. I mean... I am accustomed to going to a steakhouse and the way they're checking my steak and making sure it's the right temperature and making sure everything is all good. I got none of that this time. My reservations got messed up. Service was just terrible. And, you know, this was around the time where I booked it through Open Table. So when when you're done, I got a survey to fill out about my experience. And, man, the first time ever I wrote a friggin' review and I went in and wrote the most negative review. And as I'm writing the review, and I start to think about how much times, like, this is the first time this ever happened, I was like, oh, snap, I'm one of them. Mm. I've never written a positive review when I was having this great experience of how much I love this place. But the one time I had a bad experience. You went to the internet. I went to the internet. So I have to explain that to this lady. Like, you know, I know exactly what you're seeing. But but (laughs) You ever you ever go to do a survey and it's so long that you just give up? Oh, for sure. They, they people they, we we need to simplify the survey, short and sweet, because I'm trying to give you a positive review, but the thing is taking five minutes. Not all of us have that much time. Mm. 
Mm. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of positive reviews don't get put down. For sure. You know? So anyway, long story short, y'all, be ready. Whatever experience I just had, I hope you can use that to your advantage and share it if you ever have to save a deal or to overcome an objection. Because it's coming. There's going to be, I've seen reviews. Um, you got negative reviews or we don't like the room or I can find it cheaper or I can go a resale. I mean, all that's coming. All of that. All of it's coming. I heard you're stuck with it. All of that. You got to have, you got to be ready for it. Mm-hmm. So we was able to save the deal. We did have to drop it, um, 10000 10, And the product changes because anytime the price changes, the product changes. Understand that. Anytime you're doing a drop, remember they have to understand that when the price change, the product change. But thank goodness we saved the deal. And that family is going to get the vacation and be thanking that representative for the rest of their lives. For sure. And that's how you get sold in 60. I wanted to say it. (laughs) That was funny. That was it. You know what I'm saying? We appreciate y'all listening. Please like, subscribe, share. Please put somebody else on that hasn't been knowing that you've been tapping into this uh, Timeshare podcast. Please um, check the links in our social media and our Sold in 60 Instagram page. Um, Continue to follow, continue to share, download, download. Whether you're on Spotify, whether you're on Apple, whether you're on, um, uh, what's that, Amazon. Amazon, Audible. Whatever you want. And and leave, please, do us a favor. Leave a uh, review, right, so we can keep this thing going, all right? Yeah, for sure. All right, y'all. Let us know that you're listening so we can keep it up. Wow. All right, that's it. Peace. We out. We out. Make money.